everybody and welcome to a wrestlemania hangover recovering nia jacks promoting end of an era dissecting episode of the brothers of discussion we're going to talk everything from wwe's successful fan free showcase of the immortals um some eye-opening dirt involving nia jacks and uh our beloved alexa bliss uh, and then dive into another week of the uh wednesday night wars which you know, at this point, or the Wednesday Night Slaughter for AEW. But, you know, maybe NXT, they had some stuff, uh, some big stuff planned. Maybe they'd uh, be on the comeback trail. Probably not. Uh, Matt, it was an especially hot and spicy week of professional wrestling. Not only did we have WrestleMania, uh, um, Ric Flair used to be the dirtiest player in the game, and now it seems your daughter could be the dirtiest <laughs> player in the game. She gouged her own father's eyeball out. Yep. Matt, how the heck are you? I am doing okay. This is, um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, let's tell the story. Um, I was, uh, I was changing her diaper, and what we normally do is we stand her up, because she, she loves being stood up on her, on her two legs, because she's like, I'm an adult now. So we stand her up, we have a good time, we giggle and laugh, haha, <laughs> tickles. And she reached out with her hand and i don't know I, I i feel like only people who have children will know this but the little baby fingernails are hard to clip uh so they get pretty long and they're pretty they're pretty fucking sharp and i learned that <laughs> firsthand literally uh finding out by uh getting a, a first-hand look mike uh because she reached out and grabbed my eyeball and raked it <laughs> i got mike for forever i will shudder and have ptsd when i watch a wrestling match and somebody <laughs> rakes the eyes um because she she raked my goddamn eye open um wow the I, I had to listen to an eye doctor use the words flip back over because my eye was like this and he needed to close it so it was like this and, um, you know, right now, like the way we have it set up, I have, um, our, our camera on, on one side or like the, the video feed on one side. And then I have our notes on the other and I actually yeah. put it on the wrong side. Now that I think about it, but it's just a You're blur. Like... I can't, yeah, I can't see anything. So when, when we're doing this and it's, it's time for me to start like talking about my points, you're going to see me like come up to it and really get in there. Um, I learned that I do still have like good vision out of my right eye, um, but damn, it, it's a bitch to go there, go to the eye doctor, and have them go through that list. And I couldn't get the second row of letters with my left eye. Like it's, wow, it's totally fucked. I, <laughs> um, and I, I was such a man. I, I was such a pansy. Like I, I screamed. Like, oh god, it was, it was awful. But. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, so to take a bump, man. <laughs> so through this episode, I'll be doing an homage to WrestleMania 36 with my my pirate look. I wish that I would have been given uh, an eye patch, but Mike, now they have contact lens band aids. Um, yeah, pretty boring. 
So yeah. what was worse, Mike, is I actually felt great this morning and the doctor yeah. couldn't get the, the Band-Aid off of my eye. So he numbed up my eye and then dug around on my eye with gloves. His finger. Yeah, and just kept poking at it. And he eventually had to scrape around the eye to get the Band-Aid off. So I went back to square one today. <laughs> so I was actually healed up and fine this morning. And then the doctor had to scrape the Band-Aid off my eye. And, and then I couldn't see it. So, like, my wife's been home uh, taking care of me and the baby. And today was supposed to be her first day back at work, but because the doctor scraped my eye again to get the fucking Band-Aid off, <laughs> she had to stay home because I couldn't take care of Eddie. Um, yeah, just just a fun, fun couple of days for me. And uh, forever Which... will I be scared when my daughter just reaches her hand out. I'm going to be going, ah! for quite a while. <laughs> Don't touch me! So what do you think What do you think's more traumatic for you? Um... The doctor's big finger, like glove finger, like scooping out your eye, <laughs> or your daughter turning into Bilbo Baggins. Ah! And like, <laughs> I well, considering she'll be a part of my life a lot longer, and I hope to never see that eye doctor. That makes it again. sound worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're gonna I, you're gonna be traumatized by her every time she just reaches for like a piece of fruit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's already she's happened. Like, she's eating grapes. You're like, Jesus, honey, don't use your fingernails on the grapes. She's like, <clears throat> careful with that orange. You, the peel will come off. You don't need to dig that hard. She's like, she's skinning grapes. You know, she's doing string, <laughs> she's doing string cheese later on in life. <laughs> I lost my headphones. Wait, don't say anything funny. <laughs> All right, I will say a lot of boring things, Matt. Uh, before we dive into wrestling, it's always fun to hear when one of our own turns into John Moxley. Uh, where can the beautiful people find us and everything? They can find us. Uh, they can find us on Twitter at uh, BOD Podcast. Find us on uh, Instagram, brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Um, find us on YouTube now. You know, if you go to bodpodcast.com and brothersdiscussion.com, we have all of the links uh, for us to uh, to help you find. YouTube page, the Instagram page, Twitter, Facebook. You can find our live wrestling discussion group there. Uh, we do all that fun stuff um, for you guys. Now you get this video content. So please, uh, if you could do us a favor, uh, subscribe, uh, like, what, what are the other words? Oh, if you could review it, that'd be fantastic. And then uh, we can go, yeah, we can go from there. And then if you do, Matt will send you a personalized Drew McIntyre <laughs> video where he'll go, <laughs> and uh we gotta do we gotta do a quick uh, shout out mike uh, because tomorrow morning i'll be posting a link um for cbd medic our uh, our new affiliate with uh, the brothers of discussion you this is why you absolutely need to go to the website or follow one of our accounts if you are a cbd fan and i imagine that a lot of people are in need of some cbd stuff we are going to have an amazing discount for you. We're trying to get some buy two, get one free for you, but we might have a percentage discount. Uh, but yeah, just keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll be posting it all weekend so that you guys can see the discount. Um, but that's where you have to go. You have to click on the link on our social media pages, but that's CBD Medic, and we will have a link just for you uh, to get started. So keep an eye on uh, the Twitter, Instagram. We'll make a cute little link for you, and especially on the website, too, for this episode and the show notes. 
we'll have a link once it's made available to us and that that'll start uh i say tomorrow morning uh i mean april 10th uh and that's when we'll release all that stuff so if it's past april 10th and you're listening to this episode head on over to at bod podcast head on over to bodpodcast.com find the links get your cbd on a discount thanks to brothers of discussion and our new relationship with cbd medic all right Mike, we didn't do that last week, uh, so uh, we apologize to CBD Medic. We we screwed up. <laughs> we're we're not good about having uh, relationships that uh, want to help us make money. So, <laughs> uh, so here we are um, making those changes, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's get rolling into some pro wrestling because uh, I did ask for a shorter episode thanks to my eye, but my eye's feeling better, so now we have a, a fuck ton of content to go over. Uh, starting with Mike wrestling news um let's jump into what john cena said and i i think part of the problem i have with this mike if you saw these articles pop up is that the articles say john cena says no one will ever be at his level like that's the uh that's the title of the article or something like that and what it's speaking to is the fact that john cena is actually saying there will never be a one superstar moving forward for the wwe it's always going to be a collection he even said it's it's like the justice league or the super friends as opposed to just superman so what he's trying to say is it's a better world but unfortunately all of the uh the you know the rumor mills and all of those wonderful websites that try to uh to create some clickbait have spun it into this john cena saying no one will ever be as big as me um but yeah, he here's the quote, and I just take take from it uh, what you will. But these are the exact words out of Cena's mouth: SmackDown, Raw, NXT. You don't have one person you go to see. If you go to a show, you go to see eight or nine people. I don't think there's ever been more potential under one roof than right now. The Attitude Era was the era of universal popularity. The opening match had a definable storyline into the main event, and everyone in between had some sort of narrative. Now we have a few loosely crafted narratives and some big storylines and a lot of matches for the sake of action. But I also believe that's on the performers to make something out of that. I do think there's never been more athletic talent under one roof than right now. All right. So it does kind of scatter all over the place. Do you take a ton of negative out of that and see John Cena saying no one's going to be as big as me? You're speechless. Knowing Cena as the company man, that is definitely not what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, if you need any evidence, you could have just watched WrestleMania this weekend where all he did was try to get Bray Wyatt over. Um, I got to say that that's probably the better way to do business. Because um, since we've been working from home, I, I can basically put the network on in the background, do my work, and you know watch old WrestleManias. And it's absolutely true what he was saying, where the storyline was basically, you know, one one big dude start to finish, you know, start the show, end the show, and then there was, you know, some nonsense in the middle. Um, it just makes me think of uh, uh, Bret Hart losing to Yokozuna, you know, for the uh, WWF title, and then Hulk Hogan stopping in and winning it, because there's only, you know, one guy on either side who can do that. And it was a nightmare. It was terrible. Uh, I thought this year's WrestleMania was such a success because it it they did such a good job peppering in all those uh, you know storylines with you know AJ and Undertaker, Edge and Randy Orton, uh, McIntyre and Lesnar, 
Um, even Otis and Dolph Ziggler, which obviously I'm a big mark for Otis, and I know you got three or four or five, six, seven Dolph Ziggler t-shirts. I don't know. We've lost count, man. Um, I did a second <laughs> Otis shirt, but it's just him holding a stick of ham. I don't know what that's about. Uh, but it felt like there was a like an effort to build four to five to six different storylines uh, going in. Um, so I think what John's saying is true. I think that overall gives you a better product because, uh, you know, it feels like when you get super top heavy, you know, you're one injury away from just having to scrap everything and start over. Um, additionally, like with Superman, you're going to sell comic books to people who like Superman. Um, if you're watching the Avengers, you know, maybe you're just there because you like, like Iron Man, right? Right. You're watching an Iron Man movie because you like Iron Man, but maybe you like Black Panther. So luckily what they do is have all those guys in one Avengers movie. And if you like Hulk, if you like Thor, if you like Black Panther, you know, all those guys are kind of in it. So I think it's just, it's better for business to not, um, you know, have a, a you know, one dude. Cause if you don't like that one dude, you know, you're, you're not grabbing that audience. Instead, you're able to grab all these fans of different, you know, audience types. You know, you get people who like fat goofballs like me, like Otis. You get people who have, you know, an insane erection for Drew McIntyre, you know, <laughs> like like Matt over there. Um, you know, and even people like uh, Lesnar. You know, they like seeing the UFC guys. So I, I think it's a, it's a much better way to approach the business rather than to have, we have one guy. And everybody else is mid card, so I think John's right, and I think that it's it's just a higher quality product, man. No, and I uh, I I totally agree. Hope with... I didn't steal every talking point, but go ahead. <laughs> I totally agree with with what you're saying there, um, even if I can't see you. But um, I think you know we go back to uh, a while back talking about the WWE trying to be like Disney, and you can't be Disney with just one movie you can't be disney with just one license that you're trying to sell so the the wwe absolutely needs a ton of brands um i mean how many of these guys have their own t-shirts and stuff that are going out uh, out the door from some other venue or some other um distributor so it's 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 something where you need all of these brands to kind of tell this story so I, I i absolutely agree that this this is something that um the WWE should be trying to do. And of course, injuries are, are number one. Like this is why you can't just focus on one guy. Like if somebody goes down, what do you, do you scramble and try to make everybody believe in somebody else? Or do you already have all these things, you know, in, in, in your pocket, ready to be loaded? Um, Mike, thought number two here, WWE website. Debbie, they, they said WWE Money in the Bank 200 is coming on Sunday, May 10th. This is from WWE's website. Money in the Bank 200. Is this a typo? Or is this trying to say, like, the 200th participant in the Money in the Bank? Uh, that's... Right. I can only imagine that it's a briefcase that is suspended 200 feet in the air. <laughs> and that the only way to reach it is to get on a gigantic trampoline and bounce your way up to the top. Is it, are they making fun of themselves for this massive roster that nobody gets on TV? And they're saying, oh, 200 people can try and... <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be like World War Z, where people are literally climbing on top of each other to get to the briefcase. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, fun. We, we, they roughly have a paid roster of about 200 like on-air and off-air talents. You know, yeah. I, I think they could get to 200 could there. Pull that somebody up. just climbs their way to the top. <laughs> um, I. Uh, so this this that, is I not this is not a coronavirus uh, blow your nose. This is a eye pain and your nose leaks. I don't know if you've ever oh, had eye pain. Yeah, they're all connected. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's, uh, so what hurts is that my my nostril dried out. So like when I breathe out of it, it actually hurts my eye. So it's just this huge clusterfuck of pain that I can't uh, get around. Right. Uh, <laughs> I can't uh, even. I have to like stick aquaphor up here. Get a good gob of aquaphor. Go, go up there. Swirl it around. Uh, this is gonna be great vi- uh, video podcasting. Uh, yeah, that's what uh, high quality broadcasting is all about. <laughs> um, I'm just still confused why they're doing this like so so soon. Um, another empty arena match because it sounds again like we're not gonna have people in arenas until August, September uh you know after the you know covid it kind of hits that i don't like keep calling it flattening the curve but yes yeah. i think what we're looking for is not a necessarily a flattening but maybe like uh you know going back downhill yeah less deaths not well now we got a nice even stretch of deaths um <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know if a ladder match uh is the best way to present wrestling um I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, so I'll say that. So I think it does help a little bit to have like a couple different people, um, you know, moaning and groaning. Um, I think we started to see a lot of that, uh, you know, during WrestleMania weekend when we had, you know, eight hours of. I think a lot of people, if they just walked into the room while the wrestling fan had WrestleMania on, it, it sounded like Pornhub was on because there's a lot of ah, uh, ah. Uh. And it was it was really long, like twenty five minute matches. Oh yeah, um, especially with Rhea Ripley. Holy shit! Oh my god! <laughs> thank you, thank you for selling, but my god, um, <gasps> you know, I, I, I I'm gonna just I'm gonna stop right there. But uh, hopefully, with having eight people in a ring, uh, which depending on the state of Florida, I don't even know if they're gonna be allowed to have the full field. Um, if they're gonna have a series of uh, Money in the Bank elimination matches and then finally get to like a one on one, that'd be kind of neat. I don't know what the actually. plan is there. Um, I mean, we didn't even get the full tag team match at WrestleMania, like two on two on two, and Money in the Bank's traditionally eight. So I don't know what they're gonna do there. I, I don't know. Maybe a series of one offs, uh, uh, but uh, I, this I is we'll one see. I know last. You you pose the idea of a, like a hiatus, and I, I think that this event absolutely should have done a hiatus, uh, found some way to like move it to, you know, SummerSlam or something like that. But not Vince McMahon. Not when there's Snickers commercials to go out. That's right. Got to sell those Snickers. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, WrestleMania was really good. We're gonna get to that in a minute. But uh, I just if you're listening to the show, you love wrestling. You absolutely need to see what WWE is doing, um, like with their documentaries, because they're so well done. Um, anytime you think, "What? Where's WWE's creative?" You know what they're doing? They're producing these documentaries because they are beautiful. <laughs> uh, they're compelling. They're rich. Um, they tell these fully fledged, well rounded, uh, dramatic stories. Um, the recent ones involve Edge. Uh, you know his return from a you know. A, uh, broken pieces of vertebrae in his neck 
uh, McIntyre, you know, you know, a 10 year journey for him in the WWE. Um, one of the saddest starts to a documentary, by the way, is hearing him just go, well, this is just how it happens for Drew. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck, man. Yeah. And that and was I, before I, I, we knew that he was going to win. So you still watch that and you're like, oh, Jesus, what if he loses? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then I guess the first time that, um, you know, Mark Calloway has come out as Mark Calloway. Yeah. Um, and kind of kind of told the story of what it's like, you know, in between the WrestleMania matches. And we get to see the man, Mark, you know, limping around in the backstage area. Calling out um, Roman talking, Reigns. Yeah, for not going talking K-fib. about how, uh, <laughs> talking about how uh, tough it is to just, you know, uh, do these matches once a year. And then you're immediately going into surgery. And then you're immediately rehabbing. And then you're immediately training for the next WrestleMania. It's yeah. just this awful cycle. Um, especially when he had his, his hip replaced. I can't remember if that was 15 or 2016. Um, but yeah, all, all three of these stories were, were so well done. We, we um, only got a, a glimpse of that Undertaker one, but that... Yeah. That, so the Undertaker is going to get better, uh, I think, which is funny because we actually walked away from the Stone Cold Undertaker conversation and went, man, that guy's boring as fuck! <laughs> I don't give a shit what he has to say. But this looks compelling um now the uh the edge one this guy like he's a trained actor now so he really knew how to do like these talking head points because man he he wanted to bring you to tears right from the start and then he's talking about his mom passing and um it's it's just such a great story of uh that that they lucked into like think about the fact that this documentary crew comes together to do edge post you know wrestling and, and he's getting yeah. like this closer relationship with the wwe he's doing like sheamus's youtube show which is which actually uh figures its way into edge's story about how he figures out he could probably wrestle again as yeah. you can see my eye is really starting to fuck with me right now uh so just ignore that everybody um but so he gets this closer relationship with wwe they're gonna start doing a documentary that's just post uh wrestling and then edge starts doing the you know i bet part of that is is they're they're around it's got to be in the back of his mind more often and he kept saying he wasn't thinking about like taking those steps to see if he could wrestle again but then i mean i'm, I'm giving away the whole documentary so if, if you haven't seen it yet i mean you kind of know what's gonna happen mike you're you're totally disappearing on me and then you're reappearing <laughs> This video oh, no. is gonna be crazy um but <clears throat> i i can't recommend that edge one enough and to think that yeah. i was even more on the edge of my seat for the undertaker one which was just this like a five minute snippet of what that documentary is gonna be and uh and then the mcintyre one just broke my heart like as yeah. mcintyre being like one of my favorites right now and kind of seeing him tell that story of what the reality is of him living his dream <sighs> like think about everyone that that i mean we're all we're all trying to live some sort of dream and are, are right. we ever going to reach it and he like you could make the argument right now it's pretty realistic that he's never going to get another wrestlemania main event like this i i think statistically you could easily say that there's a pretty good chance of that um so I, I right. just, yeah, it, it uh, <sighs> I don't know. You know, I, you know what moment I thought you were going to touch on was, uh, 
you know, edges, uh, you know, he's starting to, you know, get that, get that wheel going. Like, man, maybe I can do this again. You know, he takes that bump, uh, with, with, uh, Seamus, you know, and he takes the big bruise and he's like, man, my neck feels fine. And then he's like, you know, going to do the tests, you know, he's getting flown in to see the WWE doctors. Um, and then they are like, man, maybe I can do a return. And then the moment I thought that you would latch on to, cause it was just so cool was, uh, that he, they want to keep it under wraps. They're going to let him return to the rumble and he wants to do some training. He's got to get that ring rust off. And the one person he could turn to keep it a secret is his wife. I'm like, man, how amazing is that? That like Beth Phoenix gets to be there. I mean, you know, obviously as his wife, but right, she's the one like getting him back up to speed. I just like sometimes, you know, you you obviously you get to see you know Michelle McCool and Undertaker. Uh, you know, that's you know a real relationship there. She's you know watching this guy destroy his body like Mickey Rourke wrestler style. Um, but Beth is just terrified that you know this is gonna be it. Yeah. His neck's going to be broken. There's going to be no one to take care of the kids. Like, um, think about how reluctant she had to be to, like, keep helping him. Like, yeah. she just wants to see him uh, be the family man. He's making a good living as a as an actor. So to her, like, for the family, do they need this? No. So she's yeah. she's turning it all in. She's she's giving in all of, like, the instinct of, like, a family and a, as a wife and a, and a husband of what you want and you hope that your your significant other sees is like what's what's the most important thing in the world and i could see it in in her her the talking head points that beth had like this wasn't her dream <laughs> she didn't need this she was happy right. she liked that edge was at home she liked yeah. that they had a routine going um but that's that's what you do like if there's if there's an opportunity you can take for your significant other to to make sure that they do live their dream like you you do everything you can uh, to make sure that they get to that point and that was yeah. it, i think that's like even if you if it hurts you if you disagree with it i th- i think that is you you think that that documentary is about just edge coming back but it's actually about natalia oh, jesus beth Je- why the fuck did i say natalia beth taking care nah, of they were a tag team yeah it's, not, it's fine they look the same uh you know those white girls and blonde hair they all look the same um oh yeah it's edge's documentary but i think for me it f- really won me over on beth it's Absolutely. it's about yeah it's about their relationship like if you you go yeah. back and and watch it from start to finish that's even i wish they had taken out the end where it was like edge and christian and had it end with beth and and edge because i thought that was a a better moment where christian is like that part of it is just playing to the fact that it's wwe related and it's like hey these two had they were tag team ha 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 it's you can you can tell watching that like it's almost forced like i don't even know if edge and christian are actually friends after watching that documentary um obviously they have a podcast together and they still hang out but it was like there's nothing I saw in that documentary that made me go, man, those two couple of goofballs. When they get together. Watch out! Because they're going to make jokes that they have to repeat because yep. they didn't get it. I just uh, I thought it was funny, too, that uh, we got to get a quick rub for uh, Dan Wheeler. 
uh, Dash Wilder. I thought that was kind of cool that he was also there to. That's who I thought you were gonna say that you were so excited about was Dash, but uh, no, I, I I totally agree that Beth was like that made the whole documentary about them instead of it just being yeah. Edge or anything else. But yeah, well, guys, go check that stuff out. Like, there's a yeah. reason we've been paying for the network even. <laughs> without nxt being on there and i i like to think that there's more of this to come and uh yeah that boom i I, sometimes i'm kind of like what am i doing with this subscription and then uh i watch a documentary like that i'm like oh yeah like that could that was like netflix good i i am like i was on the cusp i've been watching disney plus being at home uh everybody knows i got fired for my job uh i just watched the imagineers documentary and yeah. um on, on disney plus and i watched eight straight hours of that mike that's oh that was fucking great <laughs> and to think that there's also every star wars movie every avengers movie every disney movie there's avatars on there and then i think about the network and i go hmm well, i've watched all these pay-per-views um nxt's not on here for a week what the fuck am I doing? But that this is it. This is what we're doing. Um, yep. All right, we got to move on. Mike, you want to touch yeah. on this next one? Yeah, just a baby one. Because uh, I, I think a lot of people have given uh, Nia Jax some uh, some flack, some heat, uh, some grief. Uh, because, you know, she punched Becky Lynch once. Um, but she told a, a, a pretty interesting story about her standing up for, uh, you know, the boys in the locker room. Uh, basically, she was telling a story about... Um, uh, a show that Renee Young was hosting uh, remotely. Uh, you know, Alexa is, you know, like five feet tall, 100 pounds. And she uh, she's getting pummeled by somebody, and they wouldn't say who it was. Uh, but she kept getting hurt. Uh, she kept taking real injuries home with her. Yeah. But she refused to complain because she's Alexa Bliss. You know how wrestling is. You don't want to, you know, look soft. Um, you don't want to say the bumps hurt. So you just, you know, you keep grinding. Um, so Naya, you know, you know, the two of them are best friends and Naya, you know, heard about this going on and she said, no. So, you know, she, she went up to management and said, we need to do something because Alexa's getting hurt. She's not saying anything. Um, so I don't know how much analysis is really needed. I, I don't really want to guess who is injuring Alexa. I don't, I don't think that's in anybody's best interest, but it's just kind of a nice reminder that, you know, this isn't, you know, the eighties and the nineties when it felt like everybody was trying to shank each other in the back, that there is a real camaraderie, yeah. uh, especially with these women. Uh, and I just wanted to give proper kudos to Nia Jax who made her in-ring return uh, for the first time in a year. She had some injuries and she's back. Um, but, you know, uh, she got to dominate, she got her squash in. So she looked like Nia, but more importantly, she looked like, you know, a, an honest to you know, God, good friend, um and you know kind of almost like an undertaker role where she's you know being protective of the roster and not letting things like this go on so i I just i just thought it was worth mentioning yeah and how about uh them going over what her injury was and the fact that she fought with it i think she had a double acl so both both legs so she continued to fight in that match and I, i watched the replay of it and god damn like we're always looking for these reasons to like like or hate someone and we've got plenty of reasons to hate goldberg um and i think people had been building like a like a resume for nia Jax, but this is one where it's like god damn it she sold for the 
for the business, not necessarily for WWE, but she sold for that match and she kept and she had to win. She had to lift people. Man, I mean, goddamn, if you need a reason to like someone, that's I mean, you you fight through the injuries to make sure that the the match can go down. I don't I don't right. know what else you need. Um I guess that, that's it for our WWE news today, Mike. So we can jump into AEW and NXT, or we can start to dissect WrestleMania. If let's you do, want. Uh, yeah, let's do WrestleMania just because uh, it was another slaughter, I think, for AEW this week. Uh, <laughs> Matt, uh, WrestleMania, I got it, it was two days, uh, two, three and a half, four hour episodes. Um, it was way more digestible, it was a lot easier to pay attention. Um, I thought the pace was excellent because um, the matches were a little bit shorter. It kind of felt like, you know, we were chugging along. There wasn't a lot of uh, dawdling. But, Matt, it was still eight total hours. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite match out of the weekend? Um, Well, I'm like, going to – What are you going to rewatch in a couple of years? Oh, my God. I have already rewatched it twice. Um, but also, because these matches are so quick, it's pretty easy. But, uh, Mike, that Firefly Funhouse, was it not yeah. everything that we hoped it would be? And more. It was more. I think it by far exceeded I, my expectations. Yeah. It was beyond what I thought WWE was capable of, writing-wise. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to dissect it. All the all the nuance, uh, the depth, uh, the exploration of, of two characters. Uh, it was the most meta thing I've I've ever seen. Uh, and that transcends outside of a, a, a wrestling arena. Like it was, it was beautiful. That that could have won like a Sundance award. That's how good it was. Yeah, this this goes. I mean, and that's the that's the tragedy is that it can never win an award because people don't know the background of these of this story. Um, and that's kind of yeah. how you'd have to sell it. You'd have to sell the entire segment uh, from. You know they do those like the preview of the the feud so people can understand that and then show the actual match i yeah. mike that was we we talk about storytelling in the ring but man that was that that really was like somebody took time and put that all together and even like it still continues maybe if you i think you sent me john cena's instagram account like he he's not yeah. let up he's still controlling that thing as if as if he's like um I don't know if brainwashed is the right word or if he's having like a meltdown or like some sort of psychotic breakdown, but, um, all, all those things <laughs> roll into one. When you look at John Cena's Instagram account, um, whoo, man, my eyes burning like a motherfucker right now. <laughs> um, I should have, I should have grabbed my drops before we started doing this. Um, but yeah, that was that was what we wanted. We wanted, uh, and I think I, I want to have everybody like put a pin and these ideas right now for the Firefly Funhouse for when we come back to Gargano Champa. And that's okay. a little tease. But um, that was something new. This was something completely different. And this, I don't know if it only works because we're giving them a pass because there's no audience. Or, Mike, does, does a regular WrestleMania come around and they can get away with this match? Let me, let me hot tag you on that one. If we knew there was an audience, can regular WrestleMania 36... Get away with doing The Fiend and John Cena on a pre-taped match. If, like... I think the one way to look at it... I can't wait to see a ghost come behind you and attack you. (laughs) It is pretty dark in here. (laughs) Uh, I I think... uh, 
I, if you had a fiend mask, oh my god! All right, I'm gonna stop interrupting. Go ahead. Like uh, when we went to uh, Royal Rumble, um, Elias tried to do a bit where he was singing a song about city, like city of Houston and the people of Houston, and nobody could understand what the hell he was saying. Uh, if you go to a basketball game, sometimes they'll do like talking head interviews, and it just sounds like echoey. The sounds bouncing. Uh, so no, I, I think this was a. This was a beautiful accident that COVID happened to come around right when we were trying to, you know, book Bray Wyatt to look incredible against John Cena. Um, I, I don't think that it works in another environment because I don't think that the in-stadium crowd, especially, you know, we're not talking about a 20,000-seater. We're talking about, like, 80,000 people. There's no way you'd be able to hear what's going on. Um, I don't think the drama would resonate. I, I think this... this this was like, a, I don't know if, I don't know how they're going to be able to recreate something like this. Cause it was, you know, kind of like the fiends debut where it's just perfect. That one time, the other times are good, but that debut was perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think this was perfect. Um, I, I don't know how you would go about doing more of those, not for a pay-per-view because you, I don't think again, you could really get the crowd to truly react like you want them to. Yeah. Like they would come back and they'd get, You'd see people in the background going, what? Ooh. And it's 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 this preconceived notion of what pro wrestling is supposed to be. Uh, but I was so proud of like other pro wrestlers on Instagram, especially a guy like Joey Ryan, like immediately saying that was the best match, the best WrestleMania match of all time. I don't know if he was being sarcastic. I hope he meant that. But that was one of the things I saw right away was Joey Ryan, like, you know, the, the dick, the dick guy. That's the dick pro wrestler. Uh, yeah. But him coming to the defense of that and saying it was one of the best matches of all time. Because I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Mike, when I watch WrestleMania matches, I'm going to watch Shawn Michaels and Undertaker WrestleMania 25. And then I'm going to watch John Cena and The Fiend at WrestleMania 36. Yeah. I, I don't know, like, how do you define, like, what? No, this, man, you can't have that because it's not what it was. It was missing this, this, and that. No, 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 no. This is all pro wrestling. Everything we've seen at WrestleMania 36, including, Mike, this is our transition, including that Boneyard match, which was baller. I fucking loved it because how many times have we been talking about Undertaker? This is enough. Just go away. And we didn't have to worry about him doing old school. We didn't have to worry about him doing, you know, some of the... the, the what's the... He does, like, the flip and his whole body goes and he still does a clothesline. Like, we didn't need yeah. to worry about that. We just got to see an amazing story of, you know, the American yeah. badass returning and AJ, you know, thinking he was going to win. And then The Undertaker, like, goes into the the um, the paranormal superpowers that he's always had and gets behind AJ and teleports. It's just the choke slams actually look good. The pile drivers looked good. That's what we needed from The Undertaker. And I, I just, you talk about locking out. Again, this is something I don't know if they could possibly get away with. But I, I, I think this is where I'm coming from when I ask that question. I'm hoping that we can be, like the WWE started it. So they put on this great match. And it's gonna, I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life. But maybe we need to be here and we need to ask folks, we need to ask pro wrestling fans, pro wrestlers, like, please let this continue. I I never need to see The Undertaker in the ring again. And if you say you do, 
You're insane because he looks terrible in the ring. This is how we can still watch he the Undertaker. He looks like the thing he was worried about in the documentary. Yes, we we can get away from him having aside to overwork saying, himself. Man, you should have seen him ten years ago. <laughs> you know, fifteen years ago. Yeah, so, yeah, you should have. He, it's not the same guy, and that's okay. He's a human being. Right. That's um, not a bad thing. But how selfish! Just, you know, they... How selfish is an individual to say no, no? Don't put the Undertaker in a situation that could actually help prolong his career. For a guy who probably deserves for his career to be prolonged because of how much shit he's gone through, don't give him those opportunities. Make him walk out to the ring and embarrass himself. Fuck that. Get They figured it out. The Boneyard match. A Boneyard match for the rest of Undertaker's career. That better be how it goes down. I don't care if we have to do a, a rematch Boneyard match at next WrestleMania. AJ's going to take the whole year off. He comes back as... Uh, the phenomenal dead man and has like worms coming out of his eye and stuff. I, I want, I want zombie AJ actually to come back and fight the undertaker. Um, you know, I, for a guest spot for 10 to 15 minutes, can we find a way to pay like Guillermo del Toro to direct undertaker at WrestleMania next year? Just that's, that's the thing that this is missing. I, I completely agree. If the money was still coming in, I think that they could have actually they they'd pay they'd come to Robert Rodriguez right, he's the guy who did um, Lucha Underground, have yeah. him come in, and figure out how to do these shots, figure out you know who are the guys that you worked with before uh, to make sure that this stuff looks amazing that it looks completely different and he's a huge pro wrestling fan and I'm sure he would love to get his hands on the Undertaker because if his if he's a, a pro wrestling fan from the eighties. He got to see The Undertaker in the 90s, you know, become a thing. And, I, come on, think about Robert Rodriguez's movies. So, of course, he's going to love to throw in some sort of zombie aspect or, or, or something like that. So, I... You know, it's... it's just... When Bray Wyatt fought Randy Orton and they did that ridiculous thing with, like, the maggots being projected on the mat, um... I think they were on the right track, but people were so quick to judge it because it was like the first time they really experimented with it. Like, there's an Evil Dead musical. You can look at Shakespeare and watch like The Tempest and there's like an old man being tortured by the sea uh, and there's like sea monsters and stuff. I mean, yeah. if they wanted to, I think they could definitely find a way to still have Undertaker perform like in that kind of environment where it's, like like um acting for the stage but um you know in a like in a wrestling arena so you mm -hmm. can still borrow elements from you know things that are as, as old as you know the greatest playwrights of all time of like written horror and monsters and stuff like that and i'm not saying you know we're not saying we want undertaker to fight you know Loch Ness monster or something right. or you know giant gonzalez back from the dead we're just saying that you know you could still get away with doing these segments in the future well, and I, not have to not have to worry about them in a WrestleMania scenario, you know, eighty thousand people hearing them because it can still be like a a visual. It's almost like you could get them one of those, you know, mics that are really subtle, you know, that you wear on your shirt or kind of coming around your head. Yeah, uh, it's out there. The possibilities are out there. Um, but I know this show's getting a little long. We we liked both segments a lot. Um, I think, and I'm, I'm glad you made that point too. That the Funhouse was more enjoyable for people, you know, who love wrestling. Well, like to know John and Bray's history. Oh, right. 
uh, I would say another one that I was surprised. Uh, Dave Meltzer gives it a one star. I think Bleacher Report gave it a C minus. Um, I'm really surprised by this because I, I really enjoyed Edge versus uh, Randy Orton, and I don't know if we're just forgetting that there's a history there. And it was never about just, like, getting the win, which is one of my least favorite things in those kind of matches. Like, it was always about, I need to keep going so I can hurt this guy. I, yeah, I just... That's how I, I felt. So, that, if, you, um, if you have a different... Um, yeah, go for it if you want to give the... I really wanted to love it. Um, I just thought it was... It was oddly paced. Um, I, I think it could have been about 10 to 15 minutes shorter because there was a lot of just grown reactions and I know they're trying to sell the violence, but on a show that was super fast paced and I'd say the longest match outside of this one was maybe 15 minutes Yeah. Uh, for this one. It felt like it was 45 minutes and it was just kind of like dragging on and dragging on and dragging on. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, like for me, I was on the edge of my, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to wrestling fan bash anybody. But I, I just kept, so I'm, I'm sitting there watching it with my wife, and she's playing Animal Crossing, and I'm just going, oh, did you see that? No? All right. Well, it's okay. And then, <laughs> so it's just me doing that every five minutes, and then, you know, then I'd see that she found another egg for Bunny Day. Um, but it was, I mean, <laughs> it was just a, a cute little pattern that we had going. One of the things those matches usually do is it'll start in the ring, there'll be violence outside of it, and then they'll bring it back home. Yeah. Um, and I think also there's a part of me that, while the, the pace was kind of slowed, I, I, I did kind of want to see what Edge had left in the ring. Um, we'll and get, for him we'll to just... There. You know, for, I know, but for him to just, you know, do the uh, extreme match, I was... I don't know, I was... I, like, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Um, the drama was there at the end. I think the finish was really strong. Yeah. But I think getting there it was just kind of a slog. Um, I, I did like, it looked like they, this was my favorite part, and it had nothing to do with like the actual wrestling. When they knocked out the camera guy, it looked like they took a rest. It looked like they then they set up in a different room and continued the match. Genius. Like, yeah. for for a guy like Edge who's getting back into this stuff, and for so many different spots they had to set up, I thought that was smart. Um, I just, you know, to your point, if you're editing this down, don't sit there and watch the camera guy who's down for almost 30 seconds. Almost 30 seconds, they're in another room. And you have to listen to the announcers go, the camera guy's down, he's down. Just don't even have, yeah. don't even worry about it. Have the camera guy fall and switch to the next camera. No. I, uh, I'd say uh, a match I enjoyed a lot more, and it's one I'm going to revisit. Um, and it's, God, it stinks that the crowd wasn't there for it, but it this match needed the crowd the most um, was McIntyre getting his moment to shine. Yeah. Um, I Did you, did knowing... you think that Drew was going to lose? Because I totally yeah. did. Yeah. Because when he... Uh, that's why, yeah, it was booked. It was excellent. Just the booking was excellent. The way uh, he immediately ate that F5 and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they're going to do this to him. And he kicks out at one. I was like, whoa! I know! (laughs) Now at this point, my wife had fallen asleep, so this was was me watching the match going... (sighs) No. 
for me, look at there's all this like for you there's all this nail biting and covering your face. For me, it was like. <laughs> See, it, folks, this is why you have to follow us on YouTube and IGTV because you're missing out on all of these fantastic faces. Um, but essentially, yeah, it was. I that's. I think I would have loved to have a, a fan reaction because I couldn't have one at home because I'm, I'm making sure that my, my wife can, can keep sleeping. And see, these yeah. are the moments where I feel like Beth Phoenix. I, my wife will never know that I put in that effort to see my absolute yeah. favorite pro wrestler win the WWE Championship, and I celebrated like this. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Uh, that was just me waving my arms and, and smiling. Uh, yeah. But I, 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 at the time and even the next day, Mike, because this is kind of how I measured the McIntyre match, that Big Show match, the next night on Monday Night Raw, was better than the Brock McIntyre match. It was pretty match. good. Yeah, I like the storyline, too. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it better. I, I think they um, should have worked it some more netflix promos for the the big show uh tv show but um i i think i want to follow this up mike with asking you is this the end of finisher fest we've turned titles over to braun Strowman and drew mcintyre both are guys that we know can go for longer bouts uh we've seen braun win the intercontinental title recently and that was not a finisher fest and then we saw Drew, for most of his career, and on Monday Night Raw the next night, go for a non-finisher fest. Is is this it? Is this we've we've finally turned it over? Or do you think as long as there's a moment where Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman go at it, that we're still gonna see power slams no, I, and Superman punches? I, I know. I know we like to joke, but Roman Roman does actually put on a good match. Um, I, I just don't know what Braun's really, what you know, uh, digging into his bag of not, tricks. I don't really know what he's got besides. That's not a shot at Roman, though. I, I think it's a shot at, at the booking. Because they feel uh, like we um, want that. I, 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 I challenge everyone to go back, you know, when I was busting a nut over Wrestle Kingdom. There's a finisher fest... The last five minutes of a 45-minute match. That's when the finisher fest happens at Wrestle Kingdom. Before, you know, Like those pre-40 minutes, though, you're kind of setting it up and seeing wrestlers try different moves. Or even like the, the finisher fest ends yeah. in a completely different finisher at Wrestle Kingdom. Like Goldberg versus Braun Strowman... I, I listed on our our things of uh, our list of things to talk about. That is That was the absolute worst... Like, the difference between McIntyre and Brock making it work and Goldberg and Braun Strowman is not making it work. That was the worst match in WrestleMania history. Yeah, well, I'll just say, you know, it had no build. I, I don't think that anybody was hanging on the edge of their seat for, like, a like a false finish or to watch a finisher because it was just kind of like, Goldberg's going to win. It just, you know. And then right. Strowman won. You're kind of like, oh. Oh, like that. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess that's happening now. But I feel like the oh, McIntyre one. It, oh, okay, it, cool. Like, was McIntyre a McIntyre and Lesnar match really gonna like have like arm bars and headlocks and? No, it's like the two biggest meatiest right. guys. You know, the two biggest meatiest legitimate guy. I think that that's okay. That's my point, though. 
that's that's so what no, I'm saying. I guess it's in like, short, no, I, I don't I don't think it's the end of like a, a finisher match. Okay. Because Brock, I'm saying Brock and Goldberg are now out of the picture. Can we actually have some real, like, let's compete with Wrestle Kingdom for, like, a match that we walk away from. And I, you know what? Fuck Dave Meltzer, but does it really hurt to not have a six-star championship match? Does that really cause a ton of pain, or do they all have to finish in two minutes? I, uh, one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time, I think there's maybe six different moves that are used, and it's Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. That is not, a, you know, that, that is not, that is not a work rate. That's just two meaty men slap, and they're not even slapping meat. Half the time, they're just looking at each other. Yeah. So I, I just mean there's a way to book it. It's it's just about how you build the story. So I, I know like Brock and McIntyre, I thought was I was on the edge of my seat because of the way Brock's been booked historically, um, how much I wanted McIntyre to win, uh, and how he just kept eating F5s. And then it was like a one count and then a two count. And then I was like, I know it comes after two. It's a three. Somehow, you know, McIntyre prevailed. So I don't think it's the end. I think there's still a way to tell that story um, and make it interesting. Uh, I mean, we saw the Boneyard match. That was literally just, like, right hands by The Undertaker for, like, 20 minutes. Well, let's he, do... He can't wrestle anymore. It was just it was just right hands. It was fine. And I, 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 think, I think I agree. I think more or less I'm just trying to make a plea that maybe we can pull back on the finisher fest. Maybe we don't need two finisher fests. In one WrestleMania, I know WrestleMania went this two Goldberg nights. This Goldberg fascination, it has to end. This, um, I, and I think this this is close to being the end because uh, Goldberg would have won if it was something where the relationship was going to continue, right? Uh, this is it. You don't give the title to Braun Strowman, a guy who had a great chance to take out uh, Brock Lesnar a few times and and failed yeah like now he just takes out goldberg after a couple of power slams like i think this is it for goldberg i think now we're we're finally going to move on and this this will be the end of it yeah ah, well, let's uh let's do phones. some uh some matches that were underrated i'm, I'm just gonna kind of pick two off the top of my head here because i i loved i loved that otis ziggler match um oh my god not just because my boy otis won uh and <laughs> ziggler sold for him just you know made him look like a trillion dollars yeah um we also found a way to keep sonia and mandy on the wrestlemania card even though it was you know albeit treating one of them like a like a prize which you know kind of takes us back about 20 years but um it feels like there's something brewing there where um you know mandy and sonia are actually gonna break up and have a feud and it feels like whenever that happens, that's when WWE straps the rocket to somebody. Um, so in either case, I'd be happy to see Sonya start, you know, making her way up the ranks uh, for a title match. Um, for Mandy, who I think has been doing pretty good at her promos, her ring work's getting really good. It it really, and, you know, it, it kind of harkened back to, like, uh, Macho Man fighting over, uh, you know, for the, the, you know, winning Miss Elizabeth back. So it, it harkened back to a storyline that everybody liked. Um, it was a it was a fun underdog story for Otis uh, actually getting the girl in the end, um, and then it's gonna help you know essentially three out of the four people. Just Dolph is not getting boosted, but I don't think that that's where his 
mindset is at right now. I, I think he's a company guy getting, you know, company people over. So that's mine. We're doing underrated. Yeah. I mean, I, my headphones popped out, so I missed it. Um, I mean, my, my number one underrated, and I hope people go back and watch it, was Bliss and Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors. Like, what a great way to open up WrestleMania. I'm this close to buying the Bliss Cross applesauce t-shirt. I'm this close. <laughs> I mean, if there's I any reason, it was, yeah, it was watching that match. I, I absolutely yeah. love that. I kind of watched it, and I said, okay, if, if this is how WrestleMania 36 is going to go, this is fantastic. Like, I I really hope that, like, I, I guess I don't hope, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they filmed all of these matches and they went, well, what's what's a good one to open with? And then they selected this one. Because it really was, like, we go back to, uh, to AEW, like, they always start with a good tag match. And it's like, this is kind of what happened yeah. with uh, Bliss Cross, Applesauce, yeah. and the Kabuki it, Warriors. You know, it was so good. I, I would have, you could have almost justified moving it down the card because... Mm-hmm. You know, some of those matches, like uh, Rhea and Charlotte, it got so quiet. You know, like the, uh, where you could hear the grunts and stuff, and you're kind of like, kind of cringing, because that's all you could hear, but just listening to Asuka and Kyrie just berate, you know, Alexa and Nikki, it was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, I would say, too, the, the KO and Seth Rollins match, I hope, goes down as like a, a as a favorite. Um, that uh <laughs> what do we call it? i mean just the drop from the top of the wrestlemania sign but getting to listen to seth rollins go ooh, ooh, that yeah. a plus like we kept talking the week before um like what are the reactions gonna sound like what what's everybody gonna do when they actually their their pain has to be audible because the arena's yeah. silent Seth, I thought, nailed it because he didn't overdo yeah. it and he made it sound like, uh, you know, he, he completely lost, uh, you know, the air was taken right out of his tummy and uh, it was painful. It sounded painful. And and we're yeah. supposed to be, you know, hoping for Seth's uh, demise. So seeing that yeah. go down was was fantastic. And I th- and they still told a great story in that match too, like the, uh, the end and then the restarting and uh kevin really selling himself as as a face now i think making sure that that match got restarted um everything about that i i thought was great and to think that it was one of the non-title matches and they they did a fantastic job somebody posted uh a picture of of four different guys two of the guys were seth rollins and kevin owens um and it said how likely is it that these four guys don't hold a title throughout the year and i think it it also had like Alistair Black, maybe Ricochet on there. Um, I would say like that. No, that's not with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins on there. I think you have two A plus guys that could totally contend for um, titles at SummerSlam. They both could win Money in the Bank. Um, Seth, I know it would be a repeat, but it would be great with Money in the Bank again. I think right now the way his character's built, it, yeah. it's the perfect time. Um, Mike, grade grade the entire show of WrestleMania. I I put down in the notes what I gave it. I'm giving it a B plus because you just you kind of have to. Even though we're talking about all the highlights, there's still yeah. too many Austin theories and Angel Garza matches, Elias and Corbin. Um, yeah, and uh, it was definitely. I think it fed into my Royal Rumble theory about at all costs. The priority tonight is getting McIntyre over. Right. Uh, 
which is why in the Rumble we saw Charlotte, you know, triumph over Bianca, triumph over Shayna Baszler. And then, you know, over this weekend we saw Becky and Charlotte, uh, both the, you know, long in the tooth uh, women's wrestlers, you know, defeat Rhea and Shayna. And I honestly thought guaranteed, you know, one of those women is going to leave with a belt and they don't. Um, I mean, they, they both looked fairly strong, but right. it's just, Hmm. Uh, but I mean, like, as far as you to give it a B plus, we didn't even talk about how great it was. Uh, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan. That was like, right. That was the story that, you know, it would have worked, uh, at WrestleMania. It would have worked in a bingo hall. Uh, those two are just, I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall to see like Sami Zayn's big dry erase board. All right, so then uh, what you're going to do is uh, uh, you're going to throw Nak Nakamura, but then you're also going to hit Cesaro, and then I'm going to run around the ring. You're going to catch me, but you're going to get real close, and then I'm going to get away, and then you're going to eventually hit me. And it was just I would love to see him script one of his matches. Like, it, it's such a treat to see how that guy's wrestling brain works. Um, and, and I couldn't be happier with left, the result. He, he left with a win, man. Yeah. Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn left wins WrestleMania a WrestleMania match. Fantastic. A singles match for a championship. Oh, beautiful booking. Yep. Um, so I'm going to give it a B plus as well. Um, I just feel like almost all the wrong women won. I feel like the Kabuki Warriors really dominated that match. Like they looked like just visibly yeah. better wrestlers. Um, I thought Shayna or Rhea should have won. I'm wondering if Rhea lost because her visa expired. Now she's back in Australia. Um, but Shayna, I, I don't know what I don't know what she's got to do. The only thing, again, all I could think is that it's because they don't want to have three people have their massive moment at a quiet show. So maybe they want Shayna to get nuclear heat with a real crowd. Maybe they want Rhea to get, you know, nuclear push with a crowd. Because outside of that, I, I don't know. I would have booked all the women's matches the opposite. So I don't know. So we are, Mike we we've made it oh where's my uh, are we at that hour already yeah we're at an hour right now okay so this means i gotta cut it down for igtv already okay um <laughs> so we can uh we can jump into aew and talk nxt and just tell people they've got to go over to the podcast to get uh, the rest of the the news uh but we can do this also pretty quick um yeah. mike io shirai is going to be the first woman in nxt to job out to charlotte flair um how excited are you about that i'm not that's a thumbs up when i just said that this was going to be on the podcast only and now he's oh, still doing visuals down. it's uh now it's a verbal <laughs> thumbs down um no i'm <laughs> i'm uh i'm devastated i uh I wish that we weren't burning up EO's big shot against Charlotte because there's a 0% chance that she's going to win. It's Yeah, and I, 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 I watched that match today. I was pretty thankful that it wasn't like a Chelsea Green win because it looked like they were really setting it up. I'm forgetting her manager's name, but he was like dragging her up to the yeah. top of the ladder. <laughs> that totally would make sense. Like the next thing that Charlotte Flair does is, is completely destroy somebody at the bottom of the totem pole. Um, yeah, like a Maya Yim, you know, uh, right. you know, Dakota Kai, you so, know, not EO. She's like, I thought we were like propping her up to be the apex. Right. And now she's immediately kind of stifle her. Is, Put her is, down with Rhea. Is there anybody on this list? I mean, are we, are we waiting? This is, 
for Tony All Storm? Those people who are like, oh, I see people are going to complain about Charlotte. Eh, it's just good for the show. Now she's going to be on NXT to help get everyone over. Is she, though? Was she just runs roughshod over the entire roster? Uh, who does that really benefit? I, she's not good on the mic. I, I don't know. So we got to hear her butcher the English language and then, you know, just dominate right, everybody right. in the ring. So, and like, is she really coming down? She's going to beat Rhea Ripley, and then she's going to lose to Io? What does that say about Rhea? Rhea was doing great. We had the entire NXT roster lifting Rhea in the air uh, to celebrate her NXT. At the time, was the NXT Championship. Now it's back to the NXT Women's Championship. When the fuck did that happen? Um, but I, there's no good way to write this, and I know... <sighs> Amy, I'm sorry. You're a fan of the show. There's there's no good way to do this going forward. Because Charlotte's just going to destroy the entire roster. I think. Uh, but, like, who who's actually going to beat Charlotte? Are we really going to take this and go, well, Mia Yim is lost to everyone, so now we'll let her beat Charlotte. What does that say about the rest of the roster? Like, what the fuck? Like, there's no good way to make this work unless there's, like, unless Tessa Blanchard, like, has her contract is up with Impact Wrestling and they're keeping it quiet and they're going to sign her and then it'll be Charlotte. No, even that, fuck that. I don't want that to happen no, either. No, I, I think what the, there's the no only other good. thing I can, because I, I don't see Charlotte losing clean. Um, I mean, this is their, this is their cash cow. Like, she, you know, they put a lot of, they invest a lot into Charlotte. Okay. So I guess the most feasible option to get a whole bunch of people over in one shot is for Charlotte to lose to somebody like EO, but only because of Rhea's interference. So essentially you kind of reset the table and have Rhea and Charlotte duke it out for a while. And they have like a, you know, series of matches, um, and then you let somebody else, you know, win the title. So you got, you know, half the roster fighting, like in this example, EO. And then you have Charlotte helping to get Rhea over on the other side. But um, I guess the just in the short term, it just seemed really dumb because of the way, like you said, with the way they treated Rhea, like she was this, she's the one person, you know, outside of Kyrie saying, well, the one person who could defeat Shayna. And we're all like, whoa! you know finally somebody knocked right. down you know the black mouth guard demon who's been breaking the arms of our entire roster finally somebody did it finally somebody stood up to her um and that was such a that was a successful story i thought you know it was doing well and i guess they don't see money with ria so i i, I or maybe they do and that or Either one. No, I'm saying with Rhea to have her have that moment and then be champion and try to carry the division. Yeah. No, I'm I'm I was just throwing in the Shayna because she also lost to to Becky. Um. Oh, yeah. So what I else really did we get? That was going to be the end for uh, for uh, Becky's reign there. Um. We had oh, as uh, far as like what? Well, we had that shitty tag match at NXT and uh, into sure versus ever rise um industry gets the win uh, this is what I, this is here's the problem is that it made me go oh right this is a development program uh because this should have been a squash and it went on for like 10 goddamn fucking minutes 
of squashing. So obviously they're out there practicing moves. They're seeing what they can do as a tag team. Not TV. Nope. Not something I want to watch. Not I don't want to watch a 10-minute squash. Just a little bit? Just a little if bit. we're watching character development, make it a minute. Because now it just looks like they're so stupid, they can't figure out when they've already dominated in the match. So Oof. we either so, have... Sounds like uh, NXT is a hell of a time here. Um... Well, then the, the last match. So I kept telling everybody to keep in mind like the conversations of the Boneyard match, Firefly Funhouse... Because we got something very similar to Lucha Underground with Gargano and Champa, And at first, I read some reviews actually before I watched the match. So I cheated a little bit. And I watched it for like a couple minutes and I went, yeah, this is kind of weird. And I started to agree with the reviews. But then I continued watching. And I will say, Mike, the only thing I don't like about this match is the booking and the ending. Because I think this was fucking great. I think the the camera angles, I think the storytelling based on the camera angles, really getting in there when Champa and Gargano are talking to each other and chirping, yeah. I thought that was great. And I think anybody that's complaining about it hasn't watched a television show besides pro wrestling. Like, there's a way to tape pro wrestling that isn't with a fucking hard camera. So... All of you that are out there, including goddamn fucking Bleacher Report that gave this a terrible grade, open your fucking eyes and see that this was just different. That wasn't... The problem was not that there were different camera angles for these wrestling moves. Shut the fuck up if that's your problem. The problem was that they had an amazing ending to this match with Champa finally giving up like on beating Gargano. And he was touching his brother putting his hand on his head like i can't do this anymore and yeah. then this fucking weird candice LeRae comes in and gargano pulls a cup out of his pants and shoves it in, in champa's face that was stupid you had the ending to this match where these guys are never gonna fight again that's the story and champa just couldn't do it anymore he couldn't hit his brother anymore his you know brother from another mother when gargano decided to pull the cup out of his pants and then pinned champa i i don't get it because you could have had these guys end the match as equals and now gargano walks away as the next level up and if i was champa i'd be like what the fuck um yeah because you had a great ending you, could, you should have ended it with Champa just giving up, Gargano giving up, and the two of them putting their arms around each other, and this was it. They did enough damage to each other. They taught each other a lesson. Triple H said never again, so I don't want to see any bullshit unsanctioned. Like, we're not going to put you guys in a takeover. You just have to do it on your own. And then they do some bullshit unsanctioned where they show up in jeans. I don't want to see that shit. You had the ending. You fucked it up. You fucked it up with that stupid cup. I, Mike, what do you think? Because I, I don't. I love the way that they filmed the match. I think it's different. I think it was fun. I think it was a different way to do pro wrestling and really get in there and get the visuals. If you're telling me that that's the problem, you're a fucking moron. Not. I mean, if Mike, you're about to say that, I apologize. But um, no, go go ahead. Take take over. Take over. 
I uh, I was more compelled to watch AEW. Yeah, you really I, like uh, those uh, shitty uh, one-liners from Chris Jericho, where I was like, "Oh, this is just like his podcast when he tries to keep up with uh, the OG." <laughs> I I I was laughing. I like him and Shivani. I liked uh, um, again. I got I, red I, in the I, face. It, it's almost like they're just stubbornly refusing to take what's successful about AEW, where they're having wrestlers circle the ring. Good guys cheer for the faces. Bad guys cheer, you know, bad guy wrestlers cheer for the heel in the ring. WWE just refuses to do it. But I feel like it adds to AEW. There's actually goofballs singing along to Cody Rhodes' song at the end when he defeated uh, Sean Spears. Um, um, you know, and outside of that, they had more good, really strong promo work again. And I know they're, I know they're kind of cheating because they're relying on somebody like Jake the Snake, but. Woo! That murder hawk guy, monster hawk. I don't know. He's terrifying. His hair's terrifying, and he's he's got one of the best voices in the business behind him. That show won me over. Right. I, you know, I turned on NXT for a few. Uh, you know, I wanted to see that ladder match, and EO is far and away one of the greatest wrestlers like performing right now. Uh, like her, her, her her uh athletic fluidity is is uh, it's it's almost just unparalleled there she, she doesn't have any peers on that roster there's there's nobody else who does that stuff um and it's it never feels like it's like just there for the pop and circumstance it, it i love the way that um i forget that new uh uh manager for dakota kai uh gonzalez i think her name is uh, she's tipping the ladder over, and Shirai just seamlessly, uh, you know, tight ropes the top rope, and then does a splash onto everybody outside the ring. It was, it was just masterful stuff. But I, NXT, I, they're, like, they're not doing it for me because where AEW is giving me all these stories, they're building people up with, you know, um, actual interviews and stuff like that. What's going to come of EO? Like it just feels like a hollow victory because I know what's next for her and her future is is Charlotte and. Wait, we already talked. We we did this. Tell me, Champa Gargano. No. We already talked. <laughs> I'm doing the full program. This is why I couldn't just you know focus on one part of it. This is why I was watching AEW uh-huh. because this kind of stuff just turned me over to the other side. And watching Gargano, watching Champa, I just. This match should not have been in a quiet arena. It it should have been paid off, you know, with actual human beings in attendance. So again, just bringing it back to AEW, they found a way to do it. I, I don't know why NXT can't do the same thing. It, it just would have got me more interested in the program as a whole. Well, I respect it and then the like, incorrect like opinion. The story, <laughs> and then that ending with the getting kicked in the balls and uh, Candice LeRae doing this thing. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, she's a heel now. I don't know. Yeah, it no, that... It didn't do a lot for me. That's the problem with the match, is that they had their ending and they fucked it up. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's so... I can't... I don't want to judge this match and say that we should have had an audience because we didn't have an audience. We couldn't have an audience um and these guys were scheduled to go so i don't want to say well let's just hold off until next year's wrestlemania 
So now this feud's going no, what, like yeah, five I know. years. They, so they did I, the best with what they could. It's just I, I it didn't make me want to watch it. Like I've I've enjoyed watching the fight in uh, They Live. I enjoy watching Mortal Kombat. Uh, I've I've enjoyed watching like Chuck Norris movies. Um, so I don't I don't I don't get like I don't get that there needs to be an audience. There needs to be that like I can still react and I can see that there's a story being told. It just seems I I don't know. It seems like we're missing that there's something else we can focus on if we're not watching that big old you know eight foot tall bald guy in the front row going <gasps> and he's. He's really just bullshitting because he wants to get on TV, which is what half the people do that are at NXT shows or at a live event. Like they just do this because they want to get on TV. They know that they know that it sells for the cameraman. Um, so we can get away from that. We can focus on the pro wrestling. We can focus on Gargano and Champa like chirping at each other. We can focus on like what that actual story that they want to tell is supposed to be because they're not. They don't have Vince in their ear. They don't have Triple H in their ear. They're they're out there with whatever. And again, and again, I th- I think the story that they told in the ring up until the last couple of minutes should have ended with Champa and Gargano hugging it out and just going, "What what are we doing? We can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous." Um, they should have both had moments where they wanted to kick each other's heads. Well, that, I mean, when that ending happens, that for me justified my decision to focus more on AEW. It just feels like NXT's kind of been in a tailspin, so they're just trying to re- you know rely on you know that kind of feud um like on a on a match, you know, have a Charlotte, have a Finn Balor and it just seems like the storylines are they're not they're not uh they're not as big of a uh you know, a focal point anymore. So well, I'm just, I I'm just I'm tuning out mentally. I I, I couldn't get engaged into this match. Well, I'm so happy- maybe maybe I didn't explain myself enough with the crowd thing. Maybe I needed it because I didn't feel like this was it's not the end of this feud. It just felt like a cheap ploy to get me to watch NXT for a week instead of AEW and it just it wasn't a good enough story. Well, I, I will say Mike, me. to your point, I'm happy that AEW focused on the story of Sean Spears being unable to win any matches. It was a That's good story to focus about, on. Baby. Hey, Cody Rhodes is our number one, and he's unbeatable. Um, See you later, chairman. Any match that Cody Rhodes should have lost, it was this one, and he didn't. What? Uh, what the fuck is going on? They're they're like going, no, 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 no. Going back. What we're doing, we're building up the Monster Hawk, man. Because we have this whole tournament where the final is going to be Cody versus Monster Hawk, and he's going to be the new monster of the entire AEW. So I'm pretty pumped for that. I think they're doing a good job of building it. They got Jake the Snake on one side. That's, and that's the problem. Cody's going to be, don't Cody's do, going to be the, the lip doll at the other end. Don't do Monster the, the Hawk this in this tournament. This was an opportunity to have Monster Hawk could still go over Cody. But it, sure, now that we're into the tournament, sure, that's how it's got to work out. But that is not how no, you book they, this. They this. You put no, no, Sean no, no. Spears. Man, man. You have oh, to build man. up one of these guys. You're, like, such a, you're such a mark. We've got oh, Monster yeah, Hawk. Know, they planned this a long time ago. <laughs> so you, you you tease that he's interested in Cody, but he won't get him yet. Okay. The tournament, but he's got to advance through the tournament. And now he's advancing. So is Cody. It's going to happen, man. 
I guess you gotta, you're right. Gotta wait, just gotta. I do, gotta have a, you know. I do like slow knowing down, that. Slow down, Matt. Slow down. I do like knowing that Charlotte Flair is gonna keep winning for the next few months. You're right. I enjoy this. <laughs> Me too. What a great <laughs> champion. You know, just like her dad. Um. All right. Well, that's AEW. That's NXT. Um, I do, I will say, like, we didn't give it enough. I, I do think Sean Spears should have, he's got to win a match eventually. This is kind of silly Dang. that he signed with AEW. That's um, kind of his thing. He just loses. It know? makes no sense. What was That's he, his gimmick. What was his he problem just... with the WWE? I don't, I don't understand why you turned out more money to lose with uh, AEW. Because he wasn't on TV. Now he's on TV. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> to, lose. to lose. Um, that's right. All right. Well, Mike, Mr. Mark, Mr. AEW Mark, um, me, Mr. Yes, Critical Mr. of NXT Everything. Mark, did you have something to close the show with? Mr. Critical of Everything, because I was very upset with the ladder match and the Champa Gargano match. Mike, only happy with AEW. Interesting. That's not true. I just said I like the ladder match. Interesting. I like the winner. I like the build. Mike, that just... ending, the ending to that ladder match was so stupid. Where EO just grabs awesome. Candice LeRae by the head and pushes her into a ladder. Just, I'm going, push. Push you. Yeah. I think it was a reference push. to one of my favorite moments in The Office when uh, Dwight's new uh, girlfriend gave Angela a, a whack-a-mole. Boop! And then hit Angela away. I thought it was a good, uh, it was a good callback. <laughs> I approved. Well, everybody, I hope uh, you'll approve of what you just watched. And uh, I want you to check us out at BOD Podcast on Twitter, brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. If you're watching us on IGTV, please give us the old double tap. Uh, We appreciate it. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe because we're going to be bringing you every episode on YouTube going forward. Oh, yeah. We're coming. Go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review for us. If you're watching us on any of the other platforms, please do us that favor because it only takes you a minute. It's going to help us go up in the rankings. We're at episode 125, so we are here to stay. We're not like those other shows that give up after 20 episodes. We're here to Maybe stay. we should have given up, but we're going to goddamn keep going. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, go to our Twitter account on Friday morning. That's right, on February 10th. We're going to have a code for you that's February most likely going to be BOD podcast for Did CBD medicine. You, you said February 10th. April 10th. April 10th. Oh, April 10th. Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be BOD podcast that's going to get you a uh, a discount to cbdmedic.com. That's right. If you're, if you're one of those CBD fans, and of course we all are right now during this uh, hard time. Hard time. Hard time. Uh, <laughs> you want to take advantage of that? Click our link. Use that coupon. It's hard times, Daddy. Not whatever that was. That sounded like Cody trying to be his daddy. You son I don't of know a... what that was all about. You son of a. You know what? I'm leaving. I'm starting my own company. Screw you guys. <laughs> all right, go ahead. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. And uh, all the things that I just listed, it really helps us out. So uh, we've given you. <laughs> Help yourself. 125 episodes of wrestling content so please do us the favor of going into apple Podcasts, subscribe rate and review uh subscribe you don't want to, to miss YouTube next channel. week because matt's probably gonna have an ipad right don't miss next week matt will have an eye patch all right everybody it's like yeah! sleep sorry <laughs> it's okay your your audio I'll cut die. out for a second so it was
Oh, did it? Yeah. I broke the woofer? Yep, you broke it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good one.